Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Welcome to episode number 16 of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. Today, I'm really excited about our episode where I interview Scott Armstrong of MindSwitch. Scott's a professional speaker and trainer. He's a published author and has appeared on numerous television and radio programs. Out of university, Scott was sitting at a, a soulless desk, as he puts it, deeply frustrated, and he knew there had to be more than pushing paper. And that's when things changed for Scott. He decided to make his mind switch. So five years later, Scott had created Canada's largest rehabilitation and education center for abandoned exotic animals, a lifelong dream come true. And recognizing that these transitions were available to anyone, but often daunting to make, Scott began working with individuals to start their own businesses, to take control of their lives. So through these efforts, uh, that involved into creating academies for retiring military personnel and professional athletes so that they too could access incredible transitions. And Scott has taken his experiences with hundreds of businesses and thousands of individuals to create MindSwitch, a program that helps individuals retire and aspire. Scott lives in the Pacific coast of British Columbia with his family, and when he's not working, he can be found at the volleyball court, volunteering, skiing, and writing his latest novel. And today in our conversation, he speaks a lot about the importance of purpose, along with the other five key foundations for living a a happy and fulfilling work-optional life. We also talk about why Scott thinks the word retire should be retired. I talked to Scott and ask him about, you know, what's the one piece of advice he would give to somebody who's getting ready to uh, retire or uh, move towards that work optional life. So to learn more about uh, what Scott has to say about living a successful work optional life, continue on with the episode. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Your Retirement Plan and Simplified as much as I did. Okay, welcome to uh, episode number 16 of Your Retirement Planning uh, Simplified. Uh, I've been really excited today to uh, have our second guest on the podcast. So I'm sitting here on Zoom with Scott Armstrong of MindSwitch. So Scott, thanks for joining us today. It's a real treat, Joe. Thanks very much for having me. All right. It's, uh, it's our pleasure. So I first saw Scott speak actually at our investment dealer conference last fall. And uh, so I reached out to Scott because I was really intrigued and uh, inspired by what he had to say. And so I was, you know, I was really grateful, Scott, when you agreed to, to do this. So, so thanks for joining us. And maybe we'll just start off if you could just tell uh, our audience a little bit about yourself and your background, maybe for our local listeners here in the Peterborough and Cortha region, uh, maybe a little bit about your history here and where you are today in your company, MindSwitch. Fair enough. As my kids would say, Dad, you don't have enough time to talk about all that. So I'll give you the, the Coles Notes versions of that. But uh, I'm out in Vancouver now, but I started out back in Toronto and uh, in banking. So in a finance world in TD Bank downtown and soon realized I was more of an entrepreneur than I was a banker, Joe. So don't hold that against me, OK? <laughs> Fair enough. 
So I ended up uh, living in your neck of the woods there, just south of uh, Peterborough in the Cavan, Millbrook area. Bought a farm uh, back in 1990 and set up uh, what came to become Canada's largest endangered animal sanctuary and education center. So from 89 to 95, lived in that area, actually all the way to 99. So a lot of history in that area. Got into teaching after that, moved out to BC. So I've been out here for about 20 years and uh, was a professor of entrepreneurship, a director of corporate training, all those lovely titles and things like that that got me to meet a lot of really cool people. About 10 years ago, when I I crested that 50 mark, uh, started focusing on what folks do and don't do when they think about their work optional life. I don't usually use the word retirement very much, but uh, I think I should be retired, but uh, work optional life and sort of, you know, started digging deep as to how different places in the world sort of approach this and and, uh, with longer lifespan and health span, what can we do? And Joe, you and I crossed paths last November. And so you're in Peterborough, I'm in Vancouver, and that's, uh, that's how it gets us to today. All right. I find it interesting. You talk about work optional because so, I mean, everyone I talk to for potential clients, uh, you know, they're all thinking about retirement and it's very rare people that I talk to anyway, for them to come in and have the idea that they're going to do something else when they retire. It's uh, they just have retirement is the day that they stop working. And, and that's kind of the mindset around that. So maybe you just expand a little bit on uh, your take on why we should retire retirement. Yeah, it was back in the late you know 1800s that retirement became a thing at all when the German army provided a little bit of a pension for retiring people because quite honestly back then you weren't expected to live much beyond 60 or 65 and we've kept fairly true to that up until around the 1980s where retirement meant stop work, kick it into cruise control and just enjoy everything. The hard part is, and the real cool opportunity part is, you know, the average lifespan of Canadians is in the mid 80s now. Uh, Joe, you're younger than I am, so you're probably going to be 110 without realizing it, and a lot of your clients will <laughs> be as well. So we, we've got two, three, sometimes four decades of really cool time where we've got the saved energy in the form of our investments and our money to actually put them to work and enjoyment in the way that we you know would love to do that. So what I was seeing was too many people hitting the you know 55, 60, 65 year mark, whatever it is on autopilot. And uh, they can't wait, you know, you punch out for the last time and finally the shackles of work are gone and, and you can do whatever it is you want. And uh, I call that the honeymoon suite of activities, you know, where you travel, you know, go visit all the family and you garden forever. And, and then, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, a year or two later, sort of that initial ether or energy wears off because what do we do now? So that's what got me really interested in this. Okay. So, you know, a couple of points there, but I think probably the main thing is you say the focus is on saving up until we get to retirement. And then we have this money there that we've saved and, and we have big plans of what we're going to do for it. And like you said, the honeymoon phase, I think that's a good way of of framing it. It, it, a lot happens usually in those first couple of years, but then, you know, maybe it gets a little boring or things aren't exactly what, what people expected. So, and I know that has a lot to do with, uh, with your business and, and mind switch. And again, I talk a lot about the finance side of things, but there's mm-hmm. definitely a lot more to retirement or work optional than just the finance. The whole idea is to live your best years. So maybe you could just talk a little bit about the importance of, of purpose. And uh, and I know you have your, your six kind of key foundations around retirement. So maybe if you want to go a little deeper on some of those. Sure, we can, we can do that. One of the challenges when folks get to, you know, that place where they can punch out, we usually come with, uh, you know, we've worked a long time. 
The thought of doing anything else that could be even remotely qualified as work is probably one of the most repulsive thoughts for those of, you know, of your clients. You know, and you get what I'm saying. And so we don't think really well about what our, our future would be. But, uh, you know, that dreaded six letter word called science, I think there's six letters in that. If there's seven, I apologize. <laughs> it actually tells us that if we don't have a compelling purpose to stimulate us mentally, to keep us physically active, then all those investments that may be appreciating in value, perhaps the most important one, which is your health, quickly depreciates. So that with little as one or two years after you've punched out, and if you're just, you know, existing day to day, and you've had a thousand lunches with friends, and you've done every golf course, you know, in the Kawartha areas, you know, you've been up to Halliburton, I forget the great course up there. I mean, you've done all those things, and then your mind and your body is going to go, okay. You know, what's next? And if we don't have something to feed it, something that, you know, gets you excited, you know, I use the word tingle a lot in, uh, in mind switch because, you know, we are meant to tingle and work optional life. This is where you get to choose things. If we don't give it something Joe to actually sink its teeth into, our systems just start to shut down, you know, neural pathways that aren't being used just sort of go, hey, road closed. And that shows up, of course, and later in life, you know, physiology, you know, I'm 60 this year. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, work optional for the last 10 years. I still work about 30, 35 hours a week because I want to, but I still play competitive volleyball. And uh, there's folks in my league who are playing 70 who've still got good vertical jumps. The reason I'm saying that is nothing about me, but, but what the potential for all of us is that if we actually, you know, apply ourselves consistently with the small steps to stretch our minds to keep our bodies healthy, you know, phys ed class just wasn't for high school folks, you know, it's, it's your most valuable asset. So it's not something you try to fit in workouts, you know, just like you eat every day and you sleep every day, you should be getting, you know, uh, some good exercise every day. Those are sort of the habits that to take you to the place where you wanted me to go, which was more the, the foundations of, of what, uh, you know, a, a good work optional life looks like. We just don't do well. If you go on autopilot, I guess is the thing that, you know, anyone who's listening to this would take. And if you've been in retirement for a few years and the word languishing, you know, has crossed your path or idle or bored, or you thought there would be more then you know, I don't have to say anymore. You already get it. If you're coming up to retirement, you know, just take a look at folks around you who've actually gone back to the work that they couldn't wait to get away from, you know, six months or a year later, simply because they had nothing else to do. And that's like being at an all-you-can-eat buffet, every kind of food you want, and you're still having macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you know, you're not trying <laughs> anything else. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you've experienced that with your clients, Joe, where you've seen people cross the chasm, they get excited and sort of, you know, just sort of, a, you know, suboptimal, I guess, is what I would say. Sure, yeah. And I mean, we've had some clients who've started businesses after they went into retirement because mm -hmm. they just needed something and then they sold the business and then they felt like they've lost their purpose again. And it's just kind of a, a bit of a cycle and, uh, and everyone's a bit different. And so Scott, I mean, you're a, as you said, you know, an entrepreneurial mind and you're not, you know, you're not scared to take some risk. So, you know, some people might argue that, you know, you just naturally, you're going to grow up, be more adventurous and try new things. So what would you say to someone who is, you know, maybe a little bit more reserved and they haven't had, you know, their job has been their thing and they haven't really thought of a lot about adventure while they were working, just were thinking about, getting to that point where they don't have to work anymore. And now they're there. How do they make that switch? So they, they start trying things that maybe when they were kids or younger, they thought about doing, but just never mm -hmm. got around to. It's a really good piece. Of, I think the most poisonous word that can come into you know work optional life or retirement is envy. 
in that, you know, we shouldn't compare ourselves to what anybody else is doing. We've been doing that all our lives, right? You know, we take a look at the cars, the houses, the income, the lifestyles, and that kills more ambition than anything else. So as you get into your transition piece, hey, this is your journey. No one else's but you. If you got a partner, you probably got to consult with them. (laughs) I think that's a smart thing to do. But, you know, my definition of adventure could be more adventurous or less adventurous than, than you know, what uh, clients have. I have clients who um, have gone back and at 60 started their PhD because their adventure was academic and they really wanted to, you know, learn their mind. I've had folks who volunteer and take care of the books for a charity because they really, you know, passionately believe in that. So for whatever it is, you mentioned, you know, Joe, going back to your childhood and finding out, you know, what really sort of, you know, got you interested in there. I think that's a great place to start what your passion or your purpose could be in work optional life, but it doesn't have to stop there. And so, you know, through the Mind Switch program, we get people to explore what I call their adventure buffet, which is we, we create a list of big and small adventures. Some are one-offs, like I'm doing a 110 mile hike uh, in Oregon and, uh, Pacific Crest Trail in June, and you know we're, we're backpacking. For some of you, going, why would you want to do that? That sounds so much work. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Okay, you, we have to find our own adventure. So you know, we put out what I like to call our adventure radar to just find out. You know, if I sit back, slow down a little bit in life because we all tend to be pretty busy. It's not hard to be busy, and just what's occasionally gets your attention. And, and through the the Mind Switch program, your clients can just do this is I have on my phone, it's a program called OneNote, and most of you may have that already. And when you're, you're out and you go, hey, that would be cool. You know, you're just seeing something, you know, some activity and whatever it is, photography, painting, starting your own business, maybe it's a business idea, and just record it. And then over a period of weeks and a couple of months, you're going to come up with a list of things that, you know, never really sat on your brain long enough to germinate, to, to grow, because we tend to forget more than we ever remember. Then that list sort of goes, huh? So it becomes you're you're charting your own path. So to to your question there, you know, please don't do what your best friend is necessarily doing or what you see everybody else doing. You know, most folks languish in retirement. So if you're doing something that nobody's out, just statistically, <laughs> the average says you're probably having a better shot of landing on some success points there. Okay, fair enough. And maybe you can speak a little more to uh, vitality and. You said physiology. I know, uh, you know, when I look at people in my life, you know, some of them just more naturally like to be active and, and get exercise and still go to the gym. And a lot of them, you know, they know they should, and but they just don't get around to it. So what are ways uh, that you're seeing maybe people could be active without actually ha- making it have to feel like exercise? Yeah. And, and we all go to things that we enjoy too, right? So here's where mother nature you know, can get cruel on us, Joe. And I don't know how old you are, so I don't know if you've experienced her, her latest trick, but somewhere in your forties, mother nature tries to screw up your body chemistry and all those natural energy pieces that we needed for when we had kids, all of a sudden she dials back the taps. And so we have to go from our body leading our activities. Like I feel like I want to, to having our mind in command saying, you know what? I mean, I used to bounce out of bed. I couldn't wait. You know, three seconds, boom, boom, boom. And I was happy to be there. Okay, true confessions. It takes me about 15 minutes to sort of want to actually lift up my arms and put my feet on the floor now. (laughs) And 
The thing is there, it's new fuel lines that we have to access as we age. The gas in the tank is still there. Your capabilities are still there. So when I play volleyball tonight, you know, I'm going to take the ibuprofen before I go. I'm going to warm up and it's going to take me a while, but I, I will get to pretty close to the same place I did when I'm 40. So for your your clients there saying, how do you go? You never really liked phys ed, you know, uh, or you don't want to work an awful lot. That's where the mind switch needs to be thrown in. And, and, and please jump in on this one. Number one, it's going to cost you an awful lot if you don't. You know, Joe's helped you build your, your nest egg, your foundation for a long period of time. And if you don't take care of your body now, it's going to come back and ask for some repayments in a lot of ways through perhaps, you know, prematurely losing your independence of living, healthcare costs, all those kinds of things. And they can amount into five and six figure bills easy. I mean, out here, you know, uh, fully assisted uh, living or, you know, care homes are 7,000 a month. That's 84 grand a year after tax dollars. You do the math for 10 years and you're over a million dollars. So I want to provide a little bit for some of your clients who are motivated monetarily. This is probably yeah, the best monetary investments you can make. The other piece, when you take a look at retirement or work optional living, View it as buckets. So if you're in your 50s or 60s, and maybe God bless you if you're in your 70s, and you're still feeling actively vital, there are certain activities you should do earlier in your retirement. You know, you still have that health. So I'm not suggesting, Joe, everyone go to the YMCA. I hope it's still down there in downtown. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah we got it yeah. here still. <laughs> and I used to teach at PCVS, you know, high school that used to be there and, and all that. So you know, you don't need to do that, but what you do is you find an activity you enjoy. And so, you know, here on the West Coast, and you've got a lot of great things there in, in the area there. You've got the Quartha Lakes canoeing, hiking. You probably have some resources to travel. So find that outdoor activity or that sport activity. I know pickleball is absolutely huge in a lot of areas. Yep, it is here. And so you pick up a few activities that, you know what, I was never a, a jock. I never really liked sports, but you find something you enjoy. And then you meet other people who enjoy it. And so now you don't have to enjoy it so much because you're also enjoying the social connection that that activity would get. And then another beautiful thing is that, you know, you're playing pickleball. It's fast paced game. You know, you're little, you're not moving as quickly as you want. So you start stretching because you want to be better in pickleball. So you actually get the activity, which that underneath helps you get some habits underneath so you can enjoy that activity more. To not take your physical health as seriously as Joe is making you take care of your financial matters. Okay. I think is... You know, there'll be a few black and white things I offer, but I think that's a huge mistake for everybody. We want to promote a long-term health span. What I'm saying isn't necessarily going to improve your lifespan. And I'm not doing that at all, but that idea of maintaining a high level of health so that, you know, the guy who did the, uh, the Hawaiian Ironman, who was 86 years of age and actually made all the cutoff times, I have no desire to do that. Okay. I, I don't, that's not my thing. Okay. Remember envy? I don't envy that. I admire it. But we want to have that optimal health span. So if you're not, if you're not getting your heart rate up, your cardio rate up, and again, you always consult a doctor. If you're not strengthening your muscles, I mean, we lose 10% of our muscle mass every decade after the age of, after our 20s. If you're not stretching, these are all like great investments that have double-digit returns every year the longer you do them. So I'm hoping I, I'm getting to that question, Joe, that I go for yeah. activities and then I build the underlying 
you know, a health plan underneath so that I can do those activities. I had arthritis in both my knees. I was supposed to have a knee replaced uh, three years ago. And, you know, they said, you'll never run again and maybe a little bit of skiing. And, you know, I said to use an English term bollocks to that. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to go to the gym and, you know, I, I work with physio on exercises to, to strengthen it, blah, blah, blah. And because I, I know as soon as I give into my body, my body's going to ask for more. It's going to say, I shut down this thing. I'll shut down this one. And your client's job, if you're listening to this, is, is to not let your body tell you what to do. It's for the mind to take control of it and saying, okay, body. <laughs> and I often say, you know, get your mind to so it has a middle finger so it can give the middle finger to your body. So when your body's going, no, you're going, uh-uh, I'm not letting you know. <laughs> You got to go for that. So I hope that helps a little bit there. Yeah, I think absolutely. And uh, and you also mentioned, you know, part of that activity piece, uh, the social aspect that can come with it. I know that's one of your foundation as well, one of the key foundations. So especially with, you know, the pandemic and shutdowns and all that kind of stuff uh, as of late, maybe you could speak a little bit to the importance of, of that social aspect as well. Sure. So you, you mentioned, you know, the, the six foundations and, and Joe's doing a great job of helping me ad-lib navigate around these. Because of what I'm doing. <laughs> so we've talked about vitality and purpose and some adventure we've talked to, uh, you know, I also cover uh, finances and living legacy. The sixth one is the social one there. And uh, so a lot of folks, when they retire, they have social networks. They have a lot of friends that may be tied to their kids, you know, doing activities growing up, maybe tied to work and uh, you're used to seeing things. And then all of a sudden, you know, the kids move out. So they may even move away, you know, outside the, the area where you are, you don't have kids. And the work relationships, most work relationships don't survive in any strength, you know, after six months or a year. I mean, that's the lunch, right? It's the occasional lunch. Now you're not shooting work anymore. So what do we really have in common? And, you know, if you've if you've gone against the odds and you've got great friends from work, good on you because, you, you know, you, you're really good at developing those friendships. So lone wolfing it for us guys is, is a huge piece. You know, I have folks who work on uh, crisis lines across Canada, and they constantly are telling me about guys who are in their 50s and 60s who've been incredibly successful in business, but are really in dire straits simply because they're alone in life. And uh, so that social connection piece, it not only makes us feel good, but it makes us feel needed. So, you know, it's how good you feel when a friend calls you up and says, you know, can you help me, you know, build a garage or, you know, paint something. It's just, it's a beautiful piece. So the social connections are really good. And what we do in the mind switch program is we, we have this thing called the power of your posse and your posse is basically the five people you hang around with the most. And this is the last time I promise I'll bring up math, Joe, because that's your purview. (laughs) We tend to be the average of the five people we hang around the most. So number one, I hope you have five, at least five people that you're hanging around. And if you don't, then through activities and, and other places where, where we want to be on the lookout for our next good friend. And uh, the line that's so cliched, but still so valid is, you know, to have really good friends, you got to be a good friend. Okay. It's not something that just comes to you. It's a two-way street. And I think we all intuitively know that, but sometimes we live differently. Like they didn't call me, so I won't call them. And so, you know, yeah. As you leave work, it's really good to put your best social you know, foot forward there. So the, the friendship piece becomes a, a really good thing. I take a look at your power of your posse, the five people you hang around with the most, and you see what they're doing. And, you know, are they folks who are going into work optional life, you know, sort of with ambition, growth and drive? Or are they retreating and, uh, you know, a cup of tea or a coffee at the local Starbucks is their idea of adventure? 
And you get to decide, you know, what it is you want, but your life will have more fulfillment. I would wager a heavy bet. You know, if you start making sure that the five people that you hang around the most are doing new things. So, you know, trying something new and whatever new is, that's okay. But if they're just doing the same, same, and all you're ever doing is talking about, you know, and glory years, like in the song, Bruce Springsteen, here we going back to that, then, then that's probably a little bit of a clue that we have to you know, grow forward. And uh, there's actually a course at the University of Saskatchewan, it's called How to Perform a Friendectomy. And so <laughs> okay. I know I, it, made, it made me absolutely smile. I'm not advocating friendectomies, but sometimes friends are great for a certain phase of your life and, and we move on. So just go with that mindset that having new friends enter your life wherever you know it's possible to be i we had a a guy stay at our airbnb here two years ago with his wife he's from germany they were traveling north america south america in their jeep haven't seen them for two and a half years just met them for two nights when they stayed at our airbnb and uh, we're going over to visit them this summer in germany because we've just stayed in touch because we put out that friendly mat kind of thing so you know there's a whole bunch of people who are waiting to connect with you as long as you're open to it sure yeah no i think I think a lot of people would be amazed at how many friendly people there are out there. We've, uh, my wife and I, on our honeymoon, actually, we met people in Italy and we ended up visiting them in San Diego years later. Yeah, it's just, it is interesting. There are people out there who are, who are, you know, are happy to meet new people and, and make new friends. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting is, as if you look at people, you sort of prejudge to go, they're not smiling at me. Um, they look kind of serious. And, you know, they wouldn't be a good friend. And all of a sudden you go, hey, how you doing? And all of a sudden it breaks. They smile back at you. They're, they're taking off their street face, I'll call it. And, you yep. know, they're open to that. So nobody usually gets hurt when someone says, hey, how are you doing? And that's exactly. all you have to do to, you know, to start a conversation. And I know that sounds really basic, but the hard part is when people are leaving work, which is a large part of their identity, their ego, their feel good, their contribution piece, Sometimes we get into work option life where we're not feeling as robustly confident because what used to get people's attention was my title, my position, those types of things. And yep. that's all of a sudden our, our rear view mirror, you know, so step up a little bit and be a good friend. Yeah. A bit of a, a loss of identity definitely can have some confidence implications for yeah. sure. And, and, and you just, sorry, the one piece that you, you mentioned there too is, is when we go to retire, sometimes we think failing or trying new things is in the rearview mirror. So our egos protect us from not trying, you know, painting or taking a course and taking a test or, or <laughs> yeah. trying to run or something like that. And man, you know, let the ego go, you know, just get out there and enjoy. And, and you'll find those ways of, of feeling every bit as vital, perhaps even more so than you did in your working career. Absolutely. So maybe we could also touch on, you mentioned it, but uh, it's something we obviously, well, not maybe not obviously, but we definitely talk about a lot with clients is, is legacy and, mm -hmm. you know, I guess what happens beyond this lifetime, but you mentioned living legacy. So maybe you could just touch a little bit on that. Sure. And that's a neat one because it's one I usually have to explain. And when I started this program two years ago, I actually had to further refine what it what it meant. So legacy typically is, you know, once we have, have uh, left this planet and our footprints left, what's what's left to show? And, and that can be in all kinds of different ways. Living legacy focuses on that, you know, as you retire, as you go to work optional life, there's a lot of people watching you and you have more resources now, perhaps, than you ever had in your life. And I'm not talking just about money, but I'm talking about experience and time. So with the eyes that are watching you, what are they seeing? 
Are they seeing somebody who's actually retreating, you know, into a smaller world and, you know, not really challenging themselves, their health's on the decline, your kids are watching you, grandkids are watching you, and we all tend to model behavior that we see an awful lot. So we want to curate what people get to see. So living legacy, you know, can be about, hey, you know, I met, uh, we talked about friends. One of my best friends is Frank. He's 90. And we met volunteering at a hospice uh, thrift shop here about eight years ago. And he was actually in a um, German uh, prisoner of war camp and still has the shackles on his knees for that. So, you know, we're 30 years apart. We have become, you know, absolutely, you know, great friends on this. His living legacy was that here's a guy who has just squeaked through life. You know, he lost his native country, Yugoslavia. He uh, lost his sister, has no family. He has every reason you would think on the surface not to feel absolutely buoyant. But every day he was out there, we were sorting clothes, piling books, you know, working through stuff. And it was just like the best day of his life. I, by watching him, had my son come and join me at that kind of piece too. So you may call it lead by example. When work optional life, I'll call it living legacy. You know, who is watching you? What are they seeing? How are you contributing? Maybe from a financial matter, and this is where you, you know, Joe would actually you know, help you out. Uh, there's a great book out now, which is called uh, Die With Zero. And die with zero means basically, let's just leave it all on the playing field when we exit. And you know, is there ways that we can help our charities, our, our family, our community with our resources, whether they're financial or if they're business expertise, could you mentor people? And you know, you're not looking at making a paycheck here, you just look at you know giving back that type of thing. So that's a little bit about the living legacy. And it's perhaps one of the most fulfilling pieces that uh, you have. We have a group out here called Adventure 5.0. We're all over 50 and we do adventures. But what we also do is we um, have a, a blood donor group. And that every seven weeks out here, when we're allowed to give blood, we go in, we we assault the uh, you know the local blood donor clinic, and then we go out for a great dinner afterwards. That's part of our legacy. We have you know eight or nine hundred pints of blood that have been given over the last few years because of that type of thing. So eyes watching you. What are they seeing? What do you want them to see? Okay, I love that. That's great stuff. And you've mentioned a little bit here and there, but maybe you could kind of bring it together. Just tell us how are you helping people focus on these different foundations. No, fair enough. And, and uh, there's a few ways we do that. You know, you're, you're enabling one way right now is where we can get in front of folks who are, you know, just prior to work transition. And you can work on this, you know, 10 years before you get to work optional life and you can still work at it in work optional life, even if you're 20 years out. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you can take the six foundations or any one of them and work on them at any point you want. So what I do is I, I work with financial planners like yourself or investment companies and really help people get off of cruise control and what should be redeeming the winning lottery ticket of their life. Okay, you, you know, when you get to go to work option living, you have choices that previous generations never had. You know, they were living to 65 and 70. I don't know. I'm sure some of your generation remember that smoking, everybody smoked in the 60s and 70s, you know, and and now the lifespan has, has gone up, you know, 10 years beyond that. Uh, we have this huge chance to enjoy and to give. And I don't think we as a society yet have fully embraced what is the opportunity is. That, you know, if you remember back, uh, you know, up until recently, there was something called Freedom 55. I won't mention anything else other than that. <laughs> so the whole picture was a sailboat, back of a yacht, drinks as they went off into the sunset. 
you know, and, yeah. and that's what life should be. I, I like more the, the Jane Goodall ones where she's holding a chimpanzee trying to, to save it or, you know, there's so many things that we can do that are so much more active and vital and contributory, you know, when we are in those years. Okay, fair enough. And, you know, if you're talking to that person who's uh, maybe a couple of years out from retirement right now, and you just had to give them kind of one thing to think about or focus on or one piece of advice, uh, what would you say? Yeah. And that is, this is the time, this is your journey. So don't go on autopilot. Pause. Don't go on autopilot. Be relentlessly curious as to the possibilities that you have before you. If you're tired when you're crossing that line and you know, you're just punching in for that first pension check and all that, that's great. Take a year, take a couple of years to sort of enjoy that, but don't stay on autopilot. There's just so much more that regardless of what you call energy or adventure is going to stand up and, and find you. So be that relentlessly curious person. And you ask, you know, how do we help people? You know, I get in front of folks uh, such as yourselves and, and I will send to you the, uh, you know, the, the handout uh, map so that, you know, anybody who wants to, you can reach out to Joe and he can send you this map. We also have an online academy where we uh, can people go through. And we also have an annual retreat. So every September, we actually get people mind switchers. We call it mind switchers full throttle for folks who really want to get deeper into some of these subjects. So we have a weekend retreat uh, where we get to people together and bring in experts on each of these different areas. Okay, awesome. So you talked a little bit about it. We'll get the uh, the map from you and you know have it available and people can reach out. Happy to to share that. But how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more specifically from you or about how they how they can learn more? Oh, appreciate that. Contacting me directly is always great. So the email address is scott at mindswitch.ca. The uh, website is mindswitch.ca. And so either one of those, we have a Facebook presence. I'm we're on LinkedIn. So whatever, whatever suits you and uh, comments, questions, always welcome, because this is an evolving body of work. So uh, we'd like to follow a lot of people and see how their journeys go. Okay, that's awesome. Well, uh, Scott, I appreciate you joining us uh, on this episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. And I'm uh, also excited that you're going to be joining us again for a client event coming up. So I'm excited for that as well. Thanks for your time today. It's been wonderful, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. All right, our pleasure. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc., ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.